John chapter 1 verse 14 reads, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Each Sunday morning at Woodbury Road Baptist Church, we seek to see, we seek to praise, and we seek to worship Jesus, the Savior of the world. We are located just three miles east of the MTSU campus on Woodbury Pike at the corner of Flat Rock Road. And now, this morning's message. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 4. Paul the Apostle writes, by the inspiration of God's Spirit, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshiped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So uh, let's ask the Lord's blessing on this. Father, I pray that truth would ring from your word, that you would help and place words in my mouth, Lord, that you want spoken this morning. Please keep me from error and help me to speak truth, Lord, today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk about the return of Jesus, the rebellion which precedes that, and the man of lawlessness, who for the sake of alliteration I have called the rebel. So we're going to talk about the return, the rebellion, and the rebel. First, God expresses through the pen of Paul, there will be a return of Jesus. Verse 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. The Thessalonians had fallen into error. In fact, their error was so grievous that Paul thought he had to address it in a letter. What they had thought to themselves or what they had been taught that was not correct was that Jesus was returning at any second. And that because he was returning at any second, they didn't want to miss an opportunity of being ready for him. Well, that sounds like a good thing, right? Sounds like something that all of us should do even 2,000 years later. But the difference between the Thessalonians and yourself and myself is that they stopped working. They stopped their jobs. They stopped taking care of their homes. They stopped cooking. They stopped everything so that they might be ready for that split second when Jesus returned. And Paul sends a letter to them and says, hey, that's not going to happen quite this moment. In fact, what you need to do is go back to your jobs, go back to working, go back to being productive citizens, 
And if you refuse to do that, then it seems to me that you're not truly walking in the Spirit of Christ. And so he sends them this second letter because they're still struggling with this same issue after the first letter. So God expresses through the pen of Paul first, there will be a return of Jesus. Verse 1 again. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. I want you to notice something in that first verse. There's a combining of ideas, a masterful mixing of events. The coming and the gathering are grouped together on purpose, just as other things are grouped together on purpose. Beans and rice. You say, Brother Monty, that's irreverent. Okay, sorry. Beans and rice, macaroni and cheese, bacon and eggs. Around graduation time, two words are mixed together, pomp and circumstance. And that involves what you're wearing, it involves the decoration, and it involves the event, whenever you say pomp and circumstance. But those two words seem to go together. And the coming and the gathering are purposely combined here in verse 1. This is not Brother Monty making this up. This is what the Word of God says right here. We beseech you, brethren, first, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and two, by our gathering together unto him. The coming and the gathering are grouped together because they occur sequentially. First, the coming, and closely following it is the gathering. Notice something else there in verse 1. Paul included himself in the group that's being gathered and by our gathering together unto him. Paul expected it. This coming is an expected future event where Jesus bodily returns. Let me be so bold as to say something that you may disagree with. No secret removal of born-again Christians with their clothes neatly folded occurs. Jesus appears in great glory and the redeemed meet him in the air. That's what the Word of God teaches. The events go together. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. I want you to notice this close link. The coming, the gathering. One day, unless the Lord takes us home beforehand, one day, Christ will break the eastern sky. He will come in great glory and honor. He will have with him myriads and myriads of angels. There will be a shout from the heavens and the voice of an archangel. 
there will be trumpets that will sound. Earthquakes will greet the Lord as he arrives. And from deep within the bowels of the earth, hundreds of thousands, even millions, even tens of millions, and even hundreds of millions of reanimated bodies will rise from their grave. They will ascend to heaven where Jesus is coming. And then those of us that are still alive will do the same thing. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. These two events occur in verse 1 because that's how they occur in the future. The coming of Christ and our gathering together unto him. I cannot see another plausible explanation or interpretation of this verse. Now we beseech you, brethren, Lord, would you open our understanding even now? We beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Notice the close link, the coming and the gathering, and that he is coming for us. This day in the future will arrive and no one knows this day or the time. We can understand by things occurring that it's getting close. For instance, Israel has to be back in their homeland. And you and I understand that in 1948 that occurred. There are some people who deny the Holocaust happened. I can't understand that. But six million Jews perished because of a maniacal leader who sought their destruction. A leader that was led by Satan and his henchmen to bring about upon the Jewish people this evil, this heinous destruction of human life. But God rescued from that Holocaust. He wrestled from it a good thing as well. And that is the nation of Israel. They saw what happened to the Jewish people. And the world thought to themselves, they need to be able to defend themselves. And so they set aside an area for them to return to the homeland that God had promised them. And we look at it today and we see that it's happening. We think that's incredible, but yet we don't understand that it is a prophecy of God that has been, that occurred in 1948 and had to happen before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are other markers that you can look for as well. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, we talked about it last week, this man of sin has to be revealed. And so the return of Jesus, though, and the gathering together of his church occurs at the same event. I'm not going to belabor the point anymore on that. Let's move to the next point. 
The second thing I want you to see in the Word, God expresses again through the pen of Paul that there will be a rebellion. Verse 3, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. So, a rebellion will occur. What does this rebellion look like? If you turn on the six o'clock news, you can see this rebellion occurring in full living color. If you pick up a newspaper and read, you will see this rebellion occurring. This rebellion is doing what God says shouldn't be done. This rebellion says that we are people who can decide for ourselves what is right and wrong. This rebellion has infected not just our state, but our country and in fact the world. What does this rebellion look like? Time-honored truths will be cast aside for untruths. The untruths, first, is a rewriting of God's Word. Sin is no longer sin. Reinterpretations of passages found in Leviticus, in Romans chapter 1, and indeed throughout Scripture are reinterpreted to fit the narrative. God says, don't lie. What does that mean? It means don't lie. It's obvious. There's coming a time, folks, whenever you stand for truth and you will be slapped in the face. You propose that the Word of God is true and without error and you will be slapped down in the streets. This is a time that is coming. The rebellion has started. The rebellion is gathering steam. The rebellion is moving forward at breakneck pace. Woodbury Road Baptist Church is located just three miles east of the MTSU campus on Woodbury Pike at the corner of Flat Rock Road. Our Sunday mornings include traditional hymns and verse-by-verse preaching. We invite you to come and worship with us at 10.45 a.m. You will be warmly welcomed. Find out more at our website, woodburyroadbaptist.org.